0: On this episode of Dweeb Dive, we've got a doubleheader for you as we look into episodes 6 and 7 of The Mandalorian Season 2 as we prep for the season finale and what it brings. So let's go ahead and batten down those hatches and What's going on, guys? It's Austin, as always, joined by my co-host, Connor. I am hanging on by a thread, but we're almost to the end of the week. Finals. So...
1: Oh, I do not... Uh, I do not want to be you.
0: I'm, I'm disoriented. I'm sleep-deprived. I don't know where I am, but I'm on, baby.
1: Dude, I... Uh, I feel so bad because I, li- <laughs> I just went through this so I know exactly how you're feeling and uh, I don't envy you at all yeah but.
0: Well, I knew uh, I knew I had to uh I had to throw down as well I'm not in a closet like you were in the middle of your finals but I figured if if Connor can record out of the closet like the resistance then I can certainly get my lazy <laughs> ass up and and record in my normal pirate spot radio. so yeah, pirate it,
1: podcasting um how are you Is the end in sight? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel for you now or what?
0: Oh, yeah. So I've got uh, today at noon um, because it's Thursday around 10 a.m. Eastern time, um, December 17th. So I've got one today at noon and then the last one tomorrow at 10 a.m. And today's cumulative. Tomorrow is not cumulative. So the 10 a.m. test is basically like every other test I've taken. So it's like okay about it. Um, I still have some review to do. It's pathophysiology, so basically the study of Pathways, disease processes and
1: like, and like walkways and stuff like
0: that. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like walkways, but for like diseases. So oh there you heck go. yeah, dude. Easy, nice. easy peasy. Yeah, wow, disease your process in the, of the subject.
1: <laughs> your mastery of the <laughs> subject allowed you to spin my really stupid comment into something halfway decent. See? Some, you're, somehow you're I I
0: pulled that out of my out of the depths of my <clears throat> out of my brain. Not really sure how. I'm just I'm just existing yeah. currently. So Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well all right, threat. man.
1: I uh I I I was on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster both while watching these last two episodes but also just kind of thinking about them afterwards um i'm ready to get some stuff off my chest how about you you ready to go in
0: yeah dude i'm, I'm ready and i'm sure some things changed for you when you realize that tomorrow's the season <laughs> finale you dope not that uh, we okay. didn't so experience it
1: <laughs> austin is uh making fun of me because i thought this previous episode with uh the base attack with uh bill burr was the last episode in the season because i counted incorrectly i think or some I, I don't know i don't know what happened but i i honestly earnestly thought that was the season finale and i was like huh and i got really depressed but now <laughs> knowing that's not true um <laughs> let's let's jump right into it austin
0: yeah well i will say if you thought the last episode was the season finale it literally gave you nothing so it would, it would have been tough to have had that as the uh, as the last episode, but all right. <clears throat> oh yeah, and also I uh, I I win. I died on the hill correctly from way back early, but we'll, I'm we'll, proud of you. We'll talk about you that. know.
1: I'm uh, I'm really glad. Also, I think some of my predictions were correct, but we'll we'll, we'll get to those. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, Baby Yoda's yoga circle. What do you think?
0: Um. Well. What about the fastest two minutes times two, Connor? <laughs> um, wh- uh, were oh! we gonna do that?
1: Yeah, dude, it's been so long. All right, As. and this week I have to remember to edit in the music this time, so you don't sound like an idiot. Yeah, Cody's gonna edit in the music. It's gonna be awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna spam text it to you. So, so, okay, so good. we make it happen. All right, let me.
1: All right, let, yeah, I'm gonna get my uh my device out. All right. I'm ready when you are, sir.
0: All right, hold on. I got to get through this ad.
1: Oh, are you turning on the music for
0: yourself? (laughs) Yeah, dude, you got to. You absolutely have to.
1: I respect that so much. Okay.
0: All right, I'm ready. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Three, two, one, go.
0: On episode... Oh, boy. Episode... Set, uh, six of the Mandalorian Oh boy, bad start We find Mando and the child going to the planet Where Ahsoka told him to go Grogu is placed on the altar, poked to do stuff Doesn't do anything, and then suddenly Boom! The portal Wah! He shoots it into the sky and Mando's like Whoa He tries to grab Grogu as We find a interesting ship Come into town, who is it? Fennec, Sean, and One Boba Fett Austin was right, 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 right They have a little standoff, and then the Empire shows up. Mando tries to run up, and the force field is too strong, so he teams up with Boba Fett, Fennec Sean, and Mando to take down the Empire. But as the fighting ensues, and they whip some Empire ass, the new dark troopers come down from the sky and scoop up Baby Yoda. And he is going going he could go all the way gone <laughs> to the imperial cruiser wow leaving mando boba fett and Fenix shand behind boba fett and Fenix shand d- basically give themselves to mando and the quest which brings us to episode seven the believer we find ourselves on a junkyard planet where we find one Bill Burr aka Mayfield oh my God. jumping in the scrap heaps the marshal picks him up and they go on a quest Mayfield has the information for the Imperial cruiser but they have to go on a crazy dangerous run on a interesting jungle planet to get to the Imperial terminal after battling pirates without the Mandalorian gear Mando and Mayfield dip dive dodge run <laughs> jump drive all the way to the base and make it. They score, they bring the explosive cargo in, and they're able to make it into the Imperial base. Suddenly, there's an officer that Mayfield knows, so Mando has to take off his helmet. (gasps) and access the Imperial console. He finds the Imperial ship, and then they have to drink with the officer. We find out how scummy they really are, and Mayfield is not so scummy himself, and they blast the officer. They blast the troopers. They blast their way all the way out of the base. Boba Fett ensues the pickup, and they are off and running. And as a last message, Mando sends something to one Moff Gideon. We are
1: coming. 38, but I will say it's two. A, it's two episodes. But B, you got real into like the fanfare of that one, so I have to give this to you. This is probably your best one yet. I, I, my testosterone levels spiked while you were doing that.
0: <laughs> it works no, out perfectly sorry. because 2:38 is the exact length of time for the song, the primetime song. It's 2:39. So. Are you kidding? no uh, no. Wow.
1: Austin, you're a true talent. You've got a you've got a face for radio, my friend.
0: <laughs> nice. Even after fumbling the uh the kickoff there like at the, the beginning. beginning.
1: They had us in the first quarter, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, hey, I'm with you there. They absolutely did.
1: Sorry. Right, so let's talk all right. about Triton. Let's do it. So this episode to me was I think I texted you right after I watched it, and I'm pretty sure I said, this was a good, bad episode.
0: Yes. Bad
1: in the sense that... <sighs> I think some of the choices they made for the blocking of the scene, like with Mando's jetpack, also just the the overall look of this experience, dude, I it, parts of it really felt like a fan film to me. I don't know. Something about the way they were romping around in like bright daylight and just... Pretty nondescript, non-alien like scenery. I I just I was like, wow, this looks like a really high-quality fan film. But then obviously there was really sick stuff that could only be you know a product of a Disney uh, project. So like Boba blowing up the the two speeders with Imperials on them, and Boba like shattering face guards and like that <laughs> all that looked incredible. And Boba's is You know, the hero shot of him coming back out with his gear on. Obviously very cool. And the reveal that it was Boba was pretty cool, too. But, I don't know. Like, nothing really held a lot of weight for me. Like, when Baby Yoda was obviously in trouble, I think they dropped the ball big time. Um, Not not that it happened. I think we all knew that something like this was going to happen. But, like, I just didn't feel, like, the way the scene was shot, especially when Boba's running back to Baby Yoda as the Dark Troopers are coming... I didn't feel anything from Mando. Like I and I and I'm and I know that he's an actor at this point that has a mask, you know, literally obscuring his face, but like the way it was shot, I just didn't see like urgency in the editing. Um it was a little bit too slowly paced, a little bit too zoomed out, like it wasn't frenetic enough. I didn't feel really a ton of emotion coming from that scene and um I know the director for this episode, he doesn't direct, like, a ton of the episodes. And I just, I didn't, I feel like he didn't really get the, the idea as completely as he could have. That hmm. being said, um, it was mostly a harmless episode to me. So, like, it wasn't like it was like, oh, this sucks. This is like the fly episode from Breaking Bad or something. It was fine. I just, I thought it was a little bit below their f- fidelity standards for, like, the look and the feel of episodes. Obviously, hmm. though, a lot of cool stuff happened and like we did we got some confirmation that baby yoda is what he's cracked up to be in terms of a a, a conduit of the force if you will so yeah that was honest that, that was my honest first reaction what about you
0: um i would say probably obviously less of the detailed aspects because i'm not quite on that level but i i, I would say um an agreement as far as the way it was constructed. like I just feel like Grogu being snatched up was way too easy. I yep. didn't really like the tactical layout of the combat because Thank I you. feel like yes. those three Boba Fett, Fennec Sean, and Mando are very smart and they have the high ground. Why would you run to the low ground <laughs> and, and even yeah, out the, the odds... Uh-huh. For, for the Empire. Um, and then also Mando taking off his jetpack when he's talking with Boba Fett and Fennec Sean as a part of an agreement um, not to kill each other. And then when the Empire arrives, he runs away from it instead of just grabbing it and jetting up to the kid. He runs dude, all the way you. uphill. And then he's got like... And then for Mando not to like realize, he's a smart dude. He's trying to, he tried to push through this force literal force field nice pun um and he gets shot back two times so like i would assume he would be safe so don't waste your time there or just set up like a perimeter around him or something like i was expecting some sort of interesting fight especially when they unleashed boba fett onto the troopers and just like destroying them. when Moff Gideon wa- launched the dark troopers, I was like, okay, now we're going to get like
1: a fight. boss fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. But they just, the four of them show up, the force field conveniently is gone and baby Yoda's tired and they just scoop them up and fly away. And it's like, huh? Well, that was less yeah. exciting as I, than I thought it would be um obviously boba fett gives chase for a little bit but they don't want to blow up the kids so he peels off of them um so yeah i mean it was just like those little things of the episode were kind of like just annoying as far as like this doesn't seem like it adds up with what we know about our characters and how they typically act right you know right. it'd be one thing if they were Being pressed off the high ground, and so they had to retreat back, and then they're on even Mm -hmm. ground. But to just run, just give your advantage straight up, and yeah, (laughs) and run down to face the enemy that you can see is clearly going to have the disadvantage. Like Fennec Shawn's the only one that that played her advantage with her sniper, and then like hers was the most realistic, right? She's high ground sniper shooting, and then the Empire slowly makes their way up to her, so she has to start moving, and and then it becomes more even ground, but, like, Mando and Boba Fett are just like, oh, we have good odds, let's even it for the Empire.
1: So. <laughs> That's the Mandalorian way, baby. Tactical exa- disadvantage. Exactly. Some next, Rambo style. Like I mean, it, yeah. It, it led to some cool melee, but, like, it's annoying. It's annoying to, I think, and we're not, like, the only viewers that felt this way i'm sure of it i i I was just uh, like compare the look of this episode to like when we met ahsoka or the water planet with the like it was like dark and moody and it played to mando's sort of like psychosphere as he's like traversing this dangerous universe with like basically his son and then it's just like this brightly lit bath of sunlight in like beautiful italian foothills and they're having like this weird this weird like oddly gentlemanly skirmish with <laughs> Stormtrooper like oh sir i shall not shoot thee upon this rock i will come and meet you in hand to hand combat and then like that's that's the place where baby yoda gets pulled away like this should be number 1 heartbreak for mando this should be like like i, I know that <laughs> i know we don't want to play into like obvious tropes but like something like rainfall and like darkness should be happening right like i don't know it's like this beautiful scenery, and I don't know. I really got the fan film vibes. Also, when Fennec Shan is running away after she has to shoot and move, which in on paper, great. But in practice, she's like running along the highest, most visible ridgeline where she could literally take two steps to the right and obscure 50% of her body and keep running if she wanted to. But for whatever reason, she's like, let me just stand on the highest point of this ridgeline and run along it. So I'm just like the easiest target. And like stuff like the boulder felt really Looney Tunes to me. Like <laughs> I like when characters think creatively and think tact- that's cool. Um, But like a shouldering a gigantic boulder. I don't know. That seems a little weird. And then having it go down in a straight line and the stormtroopers go, oh, I got to do this thing in movies where I run in a straight line away from this rolling boulder instead of just going to the left or to the right. I don't know. It was just things like that where I'm like, this was not directed by a veteran, like (laughs) combat style director. It just wasn't.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess. And then to your point though, the fun part of Boa Fett and him just being unleashed. And obviously he still got it from his his days uh, yeah. as the as the bounty hunter of choice for the empire so that was just that was really cool using the war stick of the sand people basically
1: Oh, and, uh oh, lore lore uh c- incoming right now so that is called a gaffy stick it is the it is the sort of sacred melee weapon of the sand people and uh, what's interesting, we had talked about Zerka Corporation uh, previously. Uh, on the last episode, actually. Uh, Zerka Corporation was infamous in Tatooine for putting bounties not only on the heads of Sand People, but on the, by gaffy stick. Because gaffy sticks were so important to them, uh, the sort of seedy Zerka Corporation was intent on collecting as many of these gaffy sticks as possible. And in KOTOR, you can use the gaffy sticks... Uh, as a melee weapon it's one of the available choices and uh they're pretty good they they cause stun and poison i believe if i'm not misremembering so hmm. yet another reason to play just saying
0: <laughs> yeah i do
1: i do love that boba like adopted the local fighting culture of like the planet he was staying on that's a cool detail really cool because de- he, he also had the sand uh, uh a sand people rifle yeah. on his back if you noticed and he still a, uses it too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He and he uses it in the in the next episode as well. But yeah, it just Boba Fett obviously being around. So I was right. Despite my own best efforts to prove myself incorrect, I was correct in saying that that was Boba Fett. Um so it you know, feels good. Feels good to have that one right. Um but I, I just think as far as the episode itself, I don't know how much more there is content-wise. It was pretty cut and dry. Um, I guess the question would be, did Yoda, or excuse me, wow, excuse me, did Grogu's message get out to anybody? And That's the point of, of speculation for mm-hmm. us. Um, And then obviously we get uh, The snippet of him In the cruiser Tossing stormtroopers around And I think there's one little important point For Grogu And his force choice Is when he's up there In the Imperial cruiser And Moff Gideon walks in And he's like tossing these stormtroopers around He starts force choking them And he probably could have killed them but he lets them go, and I think that's just a subtle choice of Grogu making the right, well, what we think is the right choice as far as the Force is concerned. Because I think he kills them, that's that's kind of like the start of the other path, right? Uh, using yeah. your, your anger and your hate and, and your emotion to kill, you know, people... Versus kind of stunning them because those two get back up, they get back up after their their brush with death, whether they knew that or not. And obviously he is unlocking his power more and more. So I think it just it, it, to me an interesting piece because obviously Ahsoka says I can't train him, too emotional. I've seen this before, and us knowing that the the emotion that anakin had before he became vader was one of the reasons he was driven to the dark side so and and you know the killing of count dooku was kind of his tipping point right his slow turn started at that moment because he knew he shouldn't do it right obviously he was being heavily influenced which is quite not quite fair but at the same time he knew it was The wrong move to kill him but he does it anyway and i think grogu wanted not necessarily wanted but was possibly going to kill these troopers but then decided no that's that's not okay you know that's not right and he doesn't do it
1: i'm not sure because um as far as i've understood it force choke is one of the harder um force powers to accomplish, which is why the dark side requires so much raw force energy because most of those techniques are harder to cultivate and require more from you than neutral or light side force techniques, which is why, in my opinion, it's easier to lift that rhino-like creature in the air with just a simple field versus targeting someone's, you know, throat and applying direct force. Um, and like this, this idea is supported by most games having a higher force cost and a higher, you know, uh, level of entry for dark force powers like Choke versus force powers like Push or Pull. So, I, I, I'm i not so sure that he was holding back versus he just wasn't strong enough to do it. Especially after the trauma he had just been through. And the fact that he had just expended himself with uh, the force portal, as we called it, on top of the mountain. Um, I think that could go either way. That could either signal that he is opening himself up to a, maybe a darker path or what you said. I think, I don't know if that necessarily tells us too much either way um, because of the aforementioned sapping uh, of his own force that it took and the fact that force choke is a really hard technique. So uh, I'm not so sure if I can throw my throw my support behind that just quite yet i i must i'm predicting that baby yoda is going to go through a dark chapter where he will be fart- fighting sort of the dark side which is kind of hard to th- to see a cute little baby guy like <laughs> be, be all evil but maybe there's going to be a time jump somewhere and you know grog is going to grow to be a little older or something i'm not really sure yet though
0: yeah maybe and, and then i'll just say the last thing is i think to support and defend the theory. Um, Grogu is immensely powerful as is. He's got that raw power he doesn't know how to use. So He didn't intentionally force choke, but his raw emotion of a situation and just throwing out his hands and kind of like squeezing them because that's how he feels. Like he has no idea what he's doing. Like he's not like, aha, I have unlocked the force choke power. Excellent. You know, I think he's just so powerful that he doesn't even know what he's doing. And he he starts crunching them. And that's why you get all these different angles and a little bit of music surrounding him and the troopers. And then he, you see him physically let them go because he kind of comes to the realization, comes out of that, that haze of, whoa, I don't know what I'm doing, but I think I might kill these people. I need to stop. And then he stops. And then he kind of passes okay. out after he realizes it. I think that, was, to me, was kind of clear in my mind of his choice and I I feel like we've we've seen this before in other, you know, whether you like it or not, uh games or or lore pieces where there's just immensely strong young force wielders and they just do stuff that they have no idea what they're doing, but it you know, like a force choke or something like that. And they have no idea that they're doing it until they kind of come out of that emotional haze the dark haze, if you will, and realize, oh, oops, can't be doing that. And then they stop. So that's what I think um, Grogu was going through as far as on the cruiser. And then maybe that's the battle that he has, you know, as he's captured and most likely not necessarily tortured, but, I mean, what they were doing to him, they almost killed him the first time. So probably not the best thing. um, Yeah.
1: I, I wonder if they're going to like just go right back to extracting his blood or something, or it's going to be like take a different form. I'm not sure.
0: I would assume that they're going to do that, but obviously we don't know. We'll find out tomorrow, which is the exciting part. Or maybe we won't. I don't know. There's still a yeah. lot of storyline to unravel in one episode for season two. So we'll kind of see where it goes, but... Um, but yeah, I think, is there anything else you wanted to add for, for this episode before we move to the next one?
1: No, not really. Like I said, this episode wasn't, wasn't my favorite for a lot of reasons. And one of them is aside from not being very tactically sound and the blocking being kind of off, um, this was a, this was a punch we kind of saw coming from a a long ways away. So nothing terribly surprising about this episode. I think more of the surprise of this episode was that we weren't surprised, uh, to be perfectly honest. And, I mean, also, Dark Troopers, they are—they appear to be uh, robots. Of some yeah. yeah. Um, they appear to be mechs, so they are not, uh, at this point, they are not, they're more like Magna Guard or, you know, battle droids. They're not actual stormtrooper uh, people. So that was an interesting change. I don't think it matters too much, but... The whole, well, it it does. For one of my predictions that it might follow the Kyle Katarin storyline, that's pretty much dead in the water now. Um, It's cool that they included the Dark Troopers from that piece of legacy content, but the fact that they are robots is, I mean, as far as we know, robots cannot channel the Force. They can feel it and they can detect it uh, in certain points of very obscure legacy content, (laughs) but for the most part, they have no connection to the Force. So, uh, that seems to be dead in the water. However, um, there is a mechanized sort of person in the Star Wars main canon who does wield lightsabers, aka uh, General Grievous. So that could still maybe happen, but I, I, I'm feeling a little le- little less confident about that whole that whole prediction I made now. But that's it.
0: Well, I'm wondering if that like Grievous, because Grievous was an organic life form, just heavily mechanized. Yeah. Um, his story is actually kind of cool as far as who he was and then how he got to be who he was. Um but I wonder if it's like the same thing where these dark troopers are, you know, like they're organic, but then the Empire replaced their part, like their limbs to be robotic. I mean, if you think about it, um If you have robotic limbs that are susceptible to being cut off or blasted off or blown off pretty easy to replace right versus a a actual limb um and we know it's interesting pretty easy to make these robotic limbs um and attach them to people considering we've got just about every main character handless with a you know at least the skywalkers are all mechanized hand guys so you know, it could be the same thing. I don't know. It's just interesting um, whether or not that is something. Because I don't know. I feel like I can't recall if we get, like, a clear picture of, like, inside the helmet when they're flying in and, like, if they're Nothing all – Nothing inside
1: the helmet, but their torso was very clearly skeletal and mechanized. Um, yeah. Like pistons. And so there, there's no – below the, ch- like, upper chest, I would even say – there's no room for organic material unless like a spinal cord descends all the way down to like the base or something for like nerve connections. But mm. uh, that seems, a, that seems a little too like uh, Neo Tokyo brutality. Like, I don't think it's that kind of sci-fi. <laughs> I don't think they know yeah. that. I could see a grievous situation though. That's a good, that's a good point you brought up. I could see it being like maybe an organic core in the chest area and maybe extending into the head. But, um, Maybe. Maybe. That'd be pretty gruesome for a Disney um, thing, but maybe.
0: Well, I mean, if they did it with Grievous, and you have to think the technology from when Grievous was mechanized to now would be a lot better. Um, Very Grievous, Grievous was pretty well put together, but we have to remember that was a long time ago compared to the time now. Or I guess not that long ago, but... No, no, it was because he was mechanized long before the Clone Wars. So... Right. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think it's out of the as long as you don't really know the process of how they do it, I think they could just have it and be like, da da. Then you kind of speculate, but they don't actually really detail anything. Like you have, they don't hint at all, so that kind of r- removes the brutal brutality part of and the less humane part. But you know, I don't know. I thought it might just be interesting because it doesn't make sense why you would have test subjects and then show the dark troopers and then they're just robots. The doesn't make any sense to me, but we'll see. I
1: feel you. I feel you. Okay, well, hey, thanks for coming to bat for me, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
1: Appreciate it. Let's, yeah, let's let's move on now to episode seven, eight? Seven. Seven. Okay, see, yeah, I miscounted the season. Ugh. Um. So, again, not a highly consequential episode. This is basically... On the way to Baby Yoda, they have to, you know, they have to find the thing to get all the way there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we do see the return of Billy Burr.
0: Yeah, buddy.
1: Uh, known by his fans as Billy Buttertits. <laughs> 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 if you watch his podcast, uh, or listen to his podcast, um, I think his acting really actually got better. Um, because, and I know we're just jumping straight to this guy, uh, i think they really kind of let him off the hook actually with his character because his rant in the truck when they're both driving in the truck that is so close to how he sounds on his podcasts or on talk show appearances and even his stand-up um like that exact line of thought where it's like everybody's bad nobody's that good everybody kind of cares about themselves like that is just kind of like his quintessence as a person and that came through perfectly um and I really felt like Mayf- the Mayfield character, while maybe typecasting Bill Burr a little bit, kind of came to a more, co- like, a more collect sort of you know personality, and I appreciated that quite a bit. Um, and uh, you know, I liked that. I liked his arc in this episode. If we can kind of jump to that too, um, I thought it was it was really nice. He I, I wasn't expecting him to have that sort of emotional reaction to seeing his former officer. And I think now it makes a lot more sense who Mayfield is and why he, you know, if he was so skilled and had, like, such a cool job in the Empire and, like, ostensibly had all the glory he could ever want, why would he become a mercenary instead of just continuing that career? Mm
0: -hmm. And now we kind
1: of know why. Um, And that actually came through really well in in those, like, moments leading up to that conversation and that blaster fire. The one thing that didn't play for me this episode that was going really well up until that point was, again, you know, I mentioned this earlier, is this subtle little narrative that the Empire is full of human beings mm. and not exactly a bunch of just super British evil guys. Um, <laughs> as you saw with this, uh, you know, it came through very clearly this time, you know, they're cheering, there's there's stormtroopers with their helmets off, you know, they're like more like support staff, but anyway, like, you know it's human beings that are smiling and like they're like yeah like we banded together and we we just you know we were fighting for the man next to us and not necessarily like the empire mm-hmm. and i was like this is an interesting point this seems to be something going on with like the new um the the starfighter game that's coming out and or that is already out and like i said i think they're going to be playing more into this uh and some of these other shows that are coming out potentially and I was really happy to see that. However, with Mayfield's little spiel about, oh, you know, my entire division was wiped out. Like, I don't know how to do his voice. And (laughs) then he just starts, he blasts that guy, which makes sense, but then he just starts blasting all these other dudes. And I thought there should have been a moment there where he's like, hey guys, like this dude was a piece of, like a piece of crap. Like, let's not fight about this. Like, you guys should like, I I don't know. I thought he might've like, tried to spare those people in some way but then he just blows them all up which was kind of cool in its own way but that's where that that was my only disconnect in the details of this episode as far as like the full scope of it dude i mean i get it it's the penultimate episode so it's like they're never exactly like the most impactful and you know we're not gonna get like a ton of juicy stuff but um i don't know it was it was okay. I I thought actually the whole fighting sequence on top of the mining truck was really cool. That was one of the better fight scenes of this entire series um in my opinion because it was so interesting without his Mandalorian gear. Mhm. Those are my hot takes, Austin. Hit me.
0: Um well, I will I'll say that I think we from this episode we've got a further character development for Mando that basically we we always knew that he cared and we we've seen that development but obviously he's very fixated in his almost religious ways and this episode unlocks how he truly feels and what he's willing to do for okay. Grogu and like that is kind of like the I think the the episode and and what it shows it wasn't to me it wasn't like super pointless um because it, it it's showing like you know man what what he's willing to do and and it's a lot compared since the only time he's ever taken his helmet off was when he thought he was going to die and like that was it but it
1: was and it was with a inorganic thing anyway
0: Exactly exactly so I just think like his This episode really just shows everybody like, hey, he is willing to do literally anything. Maybe we felt that, but they're just demonstrating it. And to your point from last episode where it doesn't really show, he doesn't show much when Grogu's taken. In this one, he puts it all out there for him, right? For our understanding of him, he literally just puts it all on the line as far as who he is as a person and and how he operates. So um I think that was that was one piece. And then yeah, I've loved Mayfield's arc and finding out more about him and then how he uh how he kind of ticks, right? And I think it's just interesting how they kind of brought in the same arc as far as when Mando's facing down that military officer on the uh the planet with Ahsoka, right? They have the conversation, right. you know, hey, you and I, I are of, alike.
1: It's kind of another crusty military-style guy who's living in the shadow of their former career. That's a good point, Austin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: but, but with Mayfield, like, I mean, he says the same thing, right? He's like, hey, you and I are alike. And Mando's like, no, we are nothing alike. But then it turns out they kind of are. They They made their decision to fight for the better, Obviously, they both went into mercenary work, which is not that great. So, I mean, I would say these two ended up being more similar than you would expect. And that just becomes more apparent with what happens in the mess hall. But I I think as well, it it was an interesting um, piece when they make it to the base without blowing up and everyone's really happy and... It's just like the other side of the Empire that, you know, they're like normal dudes for the most part. They're just doing their part. That's the initial feeling, right? They're they're just normal guys. They're happy. They're stressed. They're pushed to the limit. Um, they're just doing them. But obviously the whole sequence with the officers. So Mando obviously ta- making the choice to take his helmet off in front of a lot of people and, and grab the... Um, mm-hmm you know grab Stark the coordinates yeah exactly and then i think mayfield sticking out his neck and and choosing a, a better path by coming in to help help mando out right and right. you know with his empire jargon and then they sit down and um and they have this drink what do, what do they call mando brown eyes
1: yeah
0: <laughs> call him old brown eyes because he can't hear anything yeah, but I
1: thought that was all that was all a really good use of bill burr by the way because he is oh yeah like that he is kind of that guy that can just sort of ramble for as long as you need him to
0: yeah and and i think you know to your point of of how bill burr is and his podcast and his stand-up and and everything and, and how he kind of approaches those things i think it was the perfect setup for this episode and talking about how everyone's a little bit selfish and Everyone's a little bit bad. I mean, because I think that's just like a... While Mando's not responding to him and he's sitting there, I think it's a true reflection of him kind of going over like what what he does and what he's been doing. And, you know, has he been doing everything? And I think we we think we he has, but maybe he hasn't. And we see that ultimate... Uh, flip of the switch if you will after the conversation with Mayfield when he's the one that goes into the mess hall after Mayfield backs out because he doesn't want to get recognized and blow the mission Um, so you know there's that and then obviously we we understand Mayfield when he I knew he was going to shoot the officer as soon as he started like there was a change in his tone a little bit and when the discussion turned I was like oh this dude's getting blasted like I see this a mile away Um, but as far as like the character arc I think it, it was a, a strong piece of showing, you know, I think they had similar lines of with Mando and the officer on the Magistrate planet and then Bill Burr's character in Mayfield. Those two characters are very much how Mando could have turned out or has turned out, right? He's running the middle line and he still really hasn't gone either way, right? He's trying to dump the kid off and what does he do after that? He'll probably go back to his old ways. But he's yeah. grown such an attachment. So he's 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 flirting on this line of the magistrate guy or Bill Burr's guy. And I think as we find out more about Bill Burr or Mayfield, Mayfield. we find that Mando makes the decision to cross the line into the better judgment, if you will, that Mayfield offers and and kind of the, you know how he's operating in the episode is what Mando ends up operating as. And they end up being pretty similar. So, And then I think just shooting all the stormtroopers and stuff in there, I mean, I think part of it is just it kind of has to be that way and Mayfield understands that. But also, if you want to try and dissect it a little further, I think Mayfield knows what the Empire does and what they've done to... Their own soldiers and helpless individuals, and he made the decision to leave. The empire has fallen at this point, so there is literal zero reason for anybody there to continue to operate within the empire. Oh. So the fact that oh, that's a he's good point. so the fact that he would just shoot these guys without giving because you're right, like. You know, these guys are normal people like him, but at the same time, because they're normal people like him, they should understand what the empire is doing. I mean, what are they doing on this planet? They're just crushing the locals and stealing their their resources. Like the empire's dead and gone. There's one thing being a part of the massive machine if you will and and just doing its bidding, but now that it's gone, you have no reason to do this stuff other than you know, oh it's kinda of just who I am. Well if that's who that's you are, then you're kinda just and... scummy. So
1: Billboard like, Black. Yeah, it's not like the High Empire where they're literally conscripting locals to fight and you know the indoctrination protocols are up at ten. I mean, these are like loyalists. So mm-hmm. that that that's a great point. And also, um, just a little detail. I'm pretty sure the battle that or the campaign I should say uh, Mayfield's referring to is the one that we see in Solo, a Star Wars story. The Mud Scuffers mm. and the Mud Planet. Um, you'll, you'll notice that he said, you know, referred to Mud a couple times. Yeah. I believe that's the same campaign. Maybe not the same battle that we saw, but I, I think that's the same campaign, because that's, that's about the right time for Mayfield's character. He would have been a young kid fighting in the front lines, most likely at that point. So, um, I thought that was that was kind of a cool tie-in there. But that's a great point, man. I I, I didn't really think about that um, necessarily. Also, it was a crime of passion, and there's not a lot of time to explain after you kind of explode and just, like, lose it and shoot a guy. Like, you're not going to be like, all right, guys, now that I've shot this commanding officer of yours, let's have, like, a candid talk about the nuances of morality uh, for us Empire guys. Like, no, it's <laughs> like you know, all chances of having an honest conversation is kind of over, and I think he knows that. Because, um, like, he's not blasting him and being like, yeah! He's just kind of, like, get, doing what he needs to do to get out of there. Which, yeah. by the way, what a difference between the, the previous episode in terms of, like, the tactics, the overall writing and direction of the episode. Like, with Finnick and Kara kind of covering them from the top. Mm-hmm. Way cooler. Uh, way cooler of a scene. Like, that shooting and the way that all worked out was, like, so much more satisfying um, with, like, that cover and shoot thing going on than the previous episode by like far um and also this is the first time i believe i've ever seen this in a star wars property did you notice what was up with phoenix optics no she had uh. a hybrid scope dude
0: mm. she literally
1: had she, she had a scoped uh like a normal rifle scope but then on top of the scope she had like a, a red dot sight nice or like, whatever the equivalent of like a holographic or red dot is in this universe but she literally had a double she had a hybrid sight it was awesome
0: Nice I really yeah. like the subtle detail of calling their shots like where they're shooting having a plan of who's doing what but then also like calling the shots as they're operating I think that's just like a nice little detail of Oh
1: like southwest side halfway up that kind of stuff Yeah that was awesome
0: It's just, so they're not like you know both shooting at the same target and then that leaves Mando and Mayfield open to being hit by somebody else. Like they're they're operating in a in a sense that it makes sense to me how they're they're in different fields of vision and calling it and communicating um, so they are an effective fire team. So I really like that little Same. subtle piece uh Same. of of that. Um and then obviously we don't get much of Boba Fett this episode. He just kind of flies the getaway car. Gets scoops him up, um, and and gets him going, but yeah, and then obviously Bill Burr makes that or Mayfield makes that uh, decision to shoot what is it, Rydonium mm-hmm. that's highly volatile and blows up the base, which is just like a, a chapter ceiling for him, especially with that officer having had been there and. Um, You know, I think just kind of understanding and knowing, you know, who who else was all there as far as the Empire personnel like those guys are, you know, we, we got to see like the more human side, but also not forgetting that they're openly making a choice that is bad for everyone that they're around and there's no reason to, because the empire has gone. It's, it's dead. The hierarchy is destroyed as far as most people are concerned. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I think that just kind of closes the chapter on, on him. Um, you know, I didn't really not necessarily liked how they let him go, but I, I was hoping that they do a little more. Obviously he's a fugitive and he would protocol would dictate that he goes back to his, his camp, yeah. But and then just kind of letting them run off and saying like, oh, yeah, it's a shame that Mayfield died in the explosion. Like, I guess that really, truly seals the deal on his character. Like, we probably won't see him anymore ever um, because he's supposed to be dead. Well, I mean, I, I say that, but maybe not. Oh, um, he,
1: could, he could have a uh, I could see him easily being included next season on some sideshow.
0: I think it would be nice to to have him. And I I really like his character and how it developed and how it meshes with it. I mean, it meshes perfectly with the, uh, with the bad batch there, if you will. So, um, yeah, I I would like it, but it felt like they closed the chapter on, on someone that, um, you know, they, they needed and, and made sense to do so, but who knows, you know, they, they do their own thing and they do a good job of it. And my hope is they bring them back, but I wouldn't be surprised if, If they didn't, so, um, so they let him go, and then the last thing is the: Did you like the ominous message to Moff Gideon of "Hey, we're coming for you" from Mando? No, no, I I really didn't. (laughs) I
1: really didn't. I thought it was pretty ineffective. Um, just and like this, this kind of kind of closed a little arc for me from the last two episodes of, like, guys the emotional resonance is like at an all time low. Like this should be, we should be seeing the most out of, um, Jin, like ever at this point. Like I thought it would have been 80 times more effective if we just got a shot of Mando playing with the metal ball and kind of like clutching it in his hand angrily or something like that. That would have said way more than he's like, I'm coming for you. And I'm really mad. Like, I, I don't want to be told that I want to be shown that in mm-hmm. some way like th- I, I like the idea of him sending like a holographic message but like we just had this whole arc with his face being shown and like he already knows that moff gideon knows his name and everything about him from like you know his intelligence service so he might as well show his face to him like i thought that would have been more like i thought that was an obvious lead into that or something i don't know i should yeah, say i, I, should I, say I, I hate it i just it was fine it was like inoffensive which to me is like in a way, the most offensive thing you can do, like go for something, please. That was, that was it. I, I I never really at any time felt like I was convinced that baby Yoda has been kidnapped and Mando's pissed. It's more just like, this is another thing I have to do now. Is like, it just like this one's different. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, this is another plan I got to go to. I'm like a smooth operator. I have my head screwed on. Like I'm Mando. This is the one time where I thought, hey, I just took my helmet off today. A bunch of really crazy stuff happened. And my child, my son, essentially my son is still missing. And I know the man who took him. I know where he is. And I'm coming for him. I just thought, man, like break the mold a little bit here. uh, That's just me.
0: Well, I think you got to remember that we saw the emotional display during the episode. So they were probably... Hoping that that would just carry over for the message and kind of check that box. I wait, think it was wait
1: wait 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 from Mando.
0: Yeah, Mando wielded his face in front of organic beings and made a decision that's to a do choice. so. That's a
1: that's that's a that's a strong choice that has an emotional impact for us. I'm saying, where's the emotion in Mando's like performance? You know what I mean? But like, this still, is like not. That, it's. I mean, it's it's his display. Deal. It's a big deal. It's a big, big deal because he's breaking his own moral code. But it's still, it's still as like a—he's using his face as like a tool, essentially. It's not—it's significant, but it doesn't necessarily portray how he's feeling.
0: I think it, it portrays does.
1: how important Grogu is and how he feels about Grogu. But I don't know, like
0: okay, how can you how can you say it's not a feeling when then you just said that. He's portraying how strongly he feels. Knowing who our character is, you're not going to get any like uh, visual, emotional cues or crying or anger. I mean, he is a controlled dude. But like he the choice that he makes on the planet is one of immense emotional importance for him. And I think that that is why. Now, look, I think the message was kind of cheesy itself. Like, I, 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 you know, I didn't really like the whole thing either. But I don't think it was. I don't think we can sit here and say that it. The message was insincere as far as emotional. Like, I, I understand the 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 rolling of the ball, the the sentimental stirring of feelings, but like for for the character of Mando and the entire episode that we get from this is his is it's another character development episode that we thought was done. You know, we got that all in season 1, but we find ourselves yet again being finding out who Mando is and like it's it's easy to say, yeah, all he did was break his moral code, but like they've built up for two seasons how important like how not it's not just a choice it's his it's the fiber of his being i mean it is like it is literally him he is him making the choice of showing his face to do this it's not just a tool to be used for an objective it is a true emotional showing for who we know as our character by going against every single thing that we know of probably one that he would probably be punished by death So he's essentially giving his life to find this child. And I think that is in itself the emotional significance of, of what drives him to make this message. Now, the message itself obviously is very controlled and, you know, it's a very Mando message. And again, I thought it was cheesy, but I think from what we know from the entire episode... And his choice at the end to what he did for Grogu, I think it's safe to say that that message was emotionally driven to do versus just it just existed, if you will.
1: Here's what I think happened between our understandings of this episode. I'm talking about the filmmaking craft and how it was portrayed on screen on paper. Showing his face absolutely should have carried the weight. I totally agree with you. I'm just I, – what I failed to explain to you just now is that it didn't carry any weight for me personally, even though it should have. Because I don't think the filmmaking was up to par on how they revealed his face in this episode and how Mando acted. And so by the end of the episode when he sent that message, I still wasn't convinced. And I thought now they need to make up for it in some way. That's what I was trying to say. Okay, right? I didn't I say see. it very well. I see.
0: I see. I see. Okay, so it's like basically, yeah, and like, not in like a a mean way, but essentially, if it they didn't spell it out hard enough for for people looking for that emotional piece, Be, the, like the, I I, I yeah. agree. The way that they that he does it is very just like kind of, almost nonchalant how he makes his decision. Exactly, Like, like There could have been there could have been a lot better of a, you know, reveal and. I think they they tried when, um, you know, he goes up there with his helmet on and his scans and it doesn't work. And then those officers are like, Trooper, hey, Trooper, Um, you know, I think they could have done maybe more in regards to raising the stakes or, or just, you yeah. know, how he's doing. So I, okay. So now I see that and I follow that.
1: And so, yeah. it's, it's not even that like, we have to like completely sacrifice his character to make this one moment feel special. Like he doesn't have to be like wild eyed and crazy and like breathing really heavy. Cause that's, that's not Mando. I'm talking like filmmaking techniques, like musical cues, rising strings, the timing of it. Like, it could have been a little more impactful or a little more epic just how they timed it and edited that sequence together. It just, the rhythm and the beats leading up to him taking his helmet off, it just didn't carry the weight that I think it should have. Yeah, okay, I follow that. For like his first breach, true breach, because again, the first one was with like an inorganic thing and he was sort of like knocked out a little bit. Like the first true breach of his religion was like that. I mean, I don't know. I think it could have yeah, been yeah. A, bit, okay, a, bit, okay. a bit more heavy. That's all.
0: No, I, I I definitely follow you on that. I I can see that now. I definitely I definitely agree. Um, if you're not looking for it, then you missed it. Or you know, the gravity of the emotional situation just was not portrayed well. Yeah, yeah. I follow you. I agree. I, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. I can agree with you on that. I think I think that's uh, that's pretty spot on. Honestly, they could have done better yeah. of showing the gravity of his choice after building it all the way up and you know the issue with Mayfield can't go in there and like now he has to do it and has to be his face and so yeah I I okay yeah I'm with you I'm with you
1: that's all that's all oh also almost forgot to mention the return of seismic charges baby hell yeah probably the coolest thing from episode two in my opinion (laughs) <laughs> wow.
0: yeah just uh blowing up them Toph arters. cause did we I think I saw something that Boba Fett used in, a, in another Star Wars um episode or movie or something episode so I think... 2 oh okay I thought when you were Obi talking was about chasing
1: him through the uh oh no not in this season in I the... thought you were talking about
0: this season Star Wars
1: <laughs> episode 2 prequel trilogy
0: attack of the clones
1: attack of the clones i got you uh, now okay obi-wan chases him through an asteroid field and ah, uh, for how flawed those movies are they have so many like sick moments uh, that so just that cannot would be actually replicated
0: Django fed then his dad
1: yeah sorry yeah yeah sorry it was it was Django. but i mean bobo was going like <laughs> whatever right, exactly <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> Like, we're gonna kill a grown man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Uh, it just, that actually reminds me of we get some up, um, how Boba Fett is brought up and raised in the Clone Wars, the animated series. I forgot that he was in there as a kid, but he is. Oh. you You ever wonder, like, his dad gets killed and then what happens? In the clone, in the animated series in Clone Wars, there's. A lot of episodes, not a lot, but there's a handful of episodes with him in it, and you kind of understand how he learns how to do stuff and how why he's a mercenary.
1: Yeah, like thank God for non-movie Star Wars media, because like without it, the Fets are horrible. (laughs) Without these inclusions and like we get to see them operate in other ways, the Fets are literally all bark, no bite. Like they just show up and get destroyed every time. (laughs)
0: Yeah, they're not they're not all that effective in what they do.
1: No, 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 so, not at all. They just have cool voices and that's about it. They get decapitated yeah. and swallowed. But thank God well, pits don't mean a damn thing.
0: Yeah, um, well you have to clarify, pitch you can't see the bottom of how. No. you can't
1: see the bottom of, of course.
0: Yeah. That's 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 the kicker. All right. So what do you think the season finale, now that you know that it's tomorrow and that we didn't already experience it? Do you have here's, any thoughts?
1: Here's how the episode goes. Um, they breach the ship. It's a tough fight. Moff Gideon employs some really dark tactics, um, which results in Boba Fett dying. Finnick Shan is m- almost, seems mortally wounded, but she's going to carry through and carry on his legacy and maybe even don his armor. Um, they're going to have like a semi boss fight with the dark troopers, they're going to cut them apart. that may reveal their more nefarious origins or it may not but they're going to have like a crazy fight with those things and I think Moff Gideon gets away with a scar maybe dies I don't think he's going to die but I think they get baby Yoda back but they reveal kind of the end result of Moff Gideon's research and what he was doing with that and at that point I think we see a higher bad guy which is why I'm saying it doesn't really matter if Moff Gideon survives or not I think he may die he may not But we're going to see the big bad uh, kind of at the helm of this entire operation that Mop Gideon is working for.
0: Probably Thrawn then.
1: Yeah, and I think it it might be Thrawn. Although, something else I was right about in previous episodes is the Bo-Katan and the Ahsoka stuff does appear to now be sort of a tour. A tour of the Star Wars galaxy and sort of cross-marketing for all these other shows that are coming out, which we will talk about after your prediction of this episode.
0: So I honestly I don't really know how it's going to go cuz I think they can do a lot of different things but um I'm just surprised that you just kill Boba Fett like that but he's I guess it makes him. sense. He's he's old and he's he's
1: marked for death. He's like we yeah. have to do this one thing for you and then I get to go in my retirement. Like you're that's dead. yeah that's
0: true. You're dead. That's a good point. Um I think there'll be a lead up in, in a fight and um I think Moff Gideon is going to get away with Baby Yoda. and Interesting. The, the, the nature of the research will be revealed, which will make the situation a hundred times more dire. But then there's going to be that sense of hopelessness because Moff Gideon got away, Grogu's gone, they don't really know where he's going or how to track him. Um, all is kind of lost. But But then... My Hail Mary is someone answered the call that Grogu sent out on that oh, planet.
1: right, right. Yeah, that's going to be revealed for sure.
0: I think that that person shows up and bas- they get that 10-second cameo of saying, I know how to find him. I can feel him. Like, I know where he's going or, I, you know, something like that. Now I don't know You're who totally it would right. be. You're totally
1: right. I, I'm, I'm hitching to your wagon now.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's a. I feel like it's a hail mary because it could. would be very easy to do that, but at the same time, what you just described too, could could happen. I honestly, I don't think that they get Grogu back. I think that would just make it way too easy for, you know, for them to get him back again, and then it'd just be kind of annoying as far as we're just going to cycle into the same storyline of they're hunting the Empire is going to hunt him down again. Yeah. You know, it, it would seem like they're about to get him and then Moff Gideon gets away under the cover of the Dark Troopers kind of beating everybody up and they barely survive that encounter and and see Moff Gideon get away and then all hope is lost until it's not with the Hail Mary Jedi answering the call. Now who is who's the Jedi? I don't know. But Thrawn's back. Is Ezra back? I don't know, but it'd be pretty cool. Um but it just I, yeah. it's so hard to know. You know. It's so hard to know because I don't think – who else would it be? Who else would have answered that call? Here's um, my thing.
1: Whoever answers the call is going to have to be part of the next season. So mm-hmm. that almost goes against Ezra in a way because he's so important and kind of deserves his own screen time that I feel like he's going to be more likely to be in the new Ahsoka series more than – in season three of the mandalorian i feel like this is going to be a an uh, an original character c- character okay well <laughs> an original character or somebody from like inspired by legacy content or some other content that is not original but is like hasn't been shown or talked about in a long time and is now part of like the mandalorian cast that's what yeah. I think might happen. But I, I, am changing my answer. I definitely agree with you that Baby Yoda is not going to be recovered. Whether that's he's being spirited away by Moff Gideon, I don't know. I feel like Moff might die, and like the big bad might continue the kidnapping of Grogu. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, like Moff Gideon's like, I've done it. I've gotten away. And then he like dies, and you know, maybe he's like betrayed by the big bad or something, and then like he he takes him away, he or she or it, you know, like I I, I don't know. Yeah. I think, Moff, I think Moff is, well, I don't know. I really don't. But I, I do agree that Baby Yoda's not coming back. Not yet.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think Moff Gideon will die because he's got the Darksaber. And I think there's going to be something, whether it's through the Mandalorian or through a Bo-Katan show... Of oh, true. grabbing that back because that you know you can't just have him die and then what happens to the dark That's the signifying piece of the ruler of Mandalore. So, um, you know the only the only way that he would die is if Bo Katan helps and kills him, which could happen.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think, I think the chance that Bo Katan is going to come back and be part of the Mandalorian is very large. Like unlike Ahsoka, which is kind of like oh. Here's this cool character. She might have her own show. There's no other Mandalorian shows really coming out. Like, Bo-Katan could be part of the Bad Batch that's coming out. She could be she could be part no. of some other stuff, but probably not. Exactly. Like, she's probably just going to be included in Season 3 of yeah. Mandalorian. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I know she won't be in the Bad Batch. The Bad Batch is about... the They're called the Bad Batch, and they're from the Clone Wars. So...
1: Oh, I thought that might have been... Okay, see, that's my Mm-mm. ignorance my ignorance at play there. But Of all
0: the Star Wars shows they revealed, I know The Bad Batch, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan, and maybe one other. But yeah, for sure I know what The Bad Batch is about. I had heard rumblings that they were going to do a show around those guys, and um, I guess I'll just go into it right now. Basically, in Clone Wars, um, they have this special unit of clones called The Bad Batch, and... As we know, the clones were grown and programmed and all that stuff. And the Bad Batch were the extremes to that programming. So there's like a huge muscly guy that's very aggressive. There's like a hyper leader. There's a super tech guy. There's like a super sharpshooter guy. And then they acquire a guy from the um, clones that you follow with Anakin and Ahsoka. I think it... I can't remember his designation or his nickname, but basically he was captured by droids and like plugged into a droid system and they were using his mind to win battles against the clones because of his tactical know-how. He was like an ARC trooper, which was like a special forces kind of guy. So he joins the Bad Batch. So there's like basically this elite group of clones that are expendable that the Republic would send off and, and do all sorts of crazy missions. And like I said, we meet them in like two or three episodes of the Clone Wars, and they're they're awesome. They're really, really cool. So I'm not surprised that they're getting a show, but yeah, you know, that's the Bad Batch. So the Bad Batch will probably be all, I would guess, surrounding um, the Clone Wars and how they operate. Um, I would be surprised if they did anything after the Clone Wars end with them. Um, and I also wouldn't be surprised if that show was animated. Oh, it is. I know that
1: for a fact. I know Bad Batch is animated. The droid story is animated. Uh, and that's, that's all I know of. I think Rangers might be as well, but, um, yeah, just, just so everybody, in case you haven't known, there's Star Wars Visions, Andor, Lando, a droid story, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, Rangers of the New Republic, Rogue Squadron, The Bad Batch, and The Acolyte, um, all greenlit and uh, potentially coming out. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to make it all the way. Just just in case people don't know how these things necessarily work, um, these things have all had... Uh, some of them haven't even had pilot episodes yet. Just so you know, these have just been greenlit stories. Um, it's likely that we're going to see an episode or three for all of these, but whether they survive longer than that remains to be seen. And I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of these gets cancelled. Um, that being said, uh, pretty pretty interesting. The only one I really don't know anything about is the Acolyte and Visions. Um, I'm assuming Visions is going to be some sort of Force-centric, light-side-ish story. If it's going to be animated or live action. I have no idea. The Acolyte seems like it's going to be more dark side focused uh, because the literal text for it is like red with like a lightsaber streak through it. So that seems pretty evil. Andor is going to be, is live action. It's going to be about Cassian Andor. That looks to be more one of the more high budget ones. That's Diego Luna's character in uh, Rogue One. Rogue One. So that's Mm going to be like his, uh, everything previous to that. Rogue Squadron, as everybody knows, great series of games. uh, That is like, Originally, a game title that is where that mm-hmm. came from, so that's awesome. That's one of my favorite in 64 games, even though the controls oh, are garbage. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Lando, I think we all know what, what's, what the hell's going on there. I love Childish Gambino, and I'm hoping that he will reprise his role for that. I believe he is going to. Um, speaking of reprising roles, Obi Wan, baby, yeah, Ian McGregor,
0: and so Aiden back. Christensen.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, Hayden Christensen's coming back. So
1: two things about that, Austin. One, God bless Hayden Christensen, knowing what he knows about how people feel about the prequel trilogy, to take this contract and be like, I'm coming back, baby. Pretty cool. Now, I know he hasn't exactly had like a stellar career ever since. But it still takes a lot of bravery to come back to a role in which you were brutalized by the internet for so many years and to this day continue to be brutalized by the internet that's awesome but i really do think that they had some chemistry and like those two are buddies they've known each other for so long i'm actually really excited for hayden to like get another shot
0: yeah i I think it'll be i think it'll be good i think he'll have better writing for him and he'll be able to execute better than what he was given because i don't think it was all his fault Honestly. Absolutely
1: not. I mean, think about the guy who played young Anakin, Jake Lloyd. His life got ruined, man. <laughs> like he's well, like the only person in Star Wars history that does not like to tell people he was an actor in Star Wars. Like that sucks. <laughs> that sucks ass. But uh the future looks pretty bright if, you know, if these even have half of the charisma and writing and, you know, attention to the lore as The Mandalorian. This is going to be a great future. And, like, I'm glad because, like, the movies, they aren't the only place to enjoy Star Wars. And I hope people know that. Like, the games are awesome. And the Mandalorian's awesome. And I have no doubt that at least half of these are going to be great. Right?
0: Well, I, I can't help but wonder the Mandalorian employs so many different directors. Were they being groomed by Fulani and Fabro to say, like, hey, we're getting the keys to the kingdom. Don't don't mess this up. So we're going to take you under our wing. We're going to show you the way. Huh. And when we cut you loose to do your own thing, you better not get canceled. And then I, I would I assume so. Filani looks over. Filani, yeah. I think, would look over the Bad Batch because that was his baby, his his thing in the Clone Wars. You know, yeah. he oversaw all that. So, and the Bad Batch came in the last season, which Filani was heavily involved in. So, I think Bad Batch is is his. He'll he'll take that on along with probably. Whatever else, if he stays on The Mandalorian um, with Favreau or not, he'll be on that one. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think they'll have... I mean, it doesn't make sense to have seven or eight directors for The Mandalorian and then release like seven or eight new shows and not give those guys and gals chances to basically create their own universe if you will so
1: well i will say shows like the mandalorian like episodic shows they actually do tend to employ a different director every episode that's just kind of a modern practice not all the time like sometimes like a show like true detective it was uh i forget his name but it was the main director for most of the episodes but like two of them were a different director um, but there's plenty of show breaking bad is another one where there's almost a different director in some seasons. There's almost a different director every episode. It just kind of depends. Um, but I hope you're right. I hope they do transfer these directors and I think they will, especially like, I think Bryce Dallas Howard will probably oversee, um, Ahsoka, I would assume she would get a big one. Yeah. Or like, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I think, I think you're partially right there. Yeah.
0: Nice. That'd be Nice. And I think there's definitely some talent in the Mandalorian as far as directing is concerned to own and and take one of these shows on and, and make it good. So yeah.
1: future looks crazy.
0: It does. It does indeed. It looks good though. That's it's like finally s- happening.
1: Some of these are like have been in pre production for a long time and some of them are even in like production production right now. Um I know the bad batch is in production. And, like, I know Andor is finishing up pre-production, and, like, they're already, like, rehearsing fights and stuff, and same with Obi-Wan. I don't... The rest of it, I have no idea how far along they are. Um, I'm assuming Ahsoka's somewhat along, just because they've done so much work for the Mandalorian appearance. So I have to imagine that that's in a good place. But, like, I literally know nothing about Vision's Acolyte, and in terms of production, I know nothing about Rangers or Rogue Squadron or Lando or Droid Story either. Mm-hmm. Um, but i at least know what some of those will be about but, but right. i think a droid story is going to be a the most child focused one because uh, um, be, like previous droid story like the, they were games um I, and i there might have been other media associated with like a droid story but the previous ones were games and those were very child focused so um yeah, it makes sense you gotta have
0: something for the kiddos
1: and visions visions just based on the typeface that they chose seems to seems to play towards a younger crowd as well, but we will we'll have to see.
0: Yeah. I mean and the thing with these shows too is you almost have to watch them because they'll probably all be canon and you'll learn so much. Like Rebels is a pretty much a kid show and I'm like in love with it because it's so good, and you get so much out of it. Um, and I think Clone Wars was at first, and then as it grew, it... It got dark. It Yes, it does. It does get dark. Um, and there's a lot of parts later on that you're like, wow. People get worked.
1: Okay. Yeah, there's like a bunch of YouTube videos that I keep seeing. I haven't watched them because I don't want to spoil later stuff for me that I haven't watched. But it's like, it's you know, like the SpongeBob mocking text that people do, where it's like every other word's like capitalized? And yeah, like, that's a video. That's like uh, Clone Wars is a kid show, and then like the thumbnail is like somebody getting stabbed through like the spine. <laughs> the oh yeah, up. no it, yeah. it
0: it like once you break through the first tidbit and you start get to like when they start, you can tell they started. They're like, hey, wait a minute, we can do something with this. Then it then a lot of stuff happens. I, it's so good. I need. I'm probably gonna end up rewatching it. I I tried to. um Make a bid to my wife to basically watch Star Wars in its entirety from start to finish with everything. So like starting with Phantom Phantom Menace going into Attack of the Clones and then doing all of Clone Wars. And then Revenge of the Sith tied in with the last episode of Clone Wars um, into Rebels. And then I think it's New Hope. Uh, no, no, no! It's Rebels, then Rogue One, then New Hope, um, Return, or Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Mandalorian, and then
1: you know what? Well, solo. The,
0: the last three. The Solo's like an outlier as far as the.
1: It's really contained.
0: The story's concerned, you know, in in what I just described. I mean, yeah, it'd be watchable. I don't. I wouldn't really know where to watch it, as far as probably like in between Revenge of the Sith and yep. yeah, New Hope. Exactly. It'd probably be like somewhere in there.
1: That's exactly where you should watch it. But um, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm an apologist for Solo. I, I really thought it caught the flack that was deserved for the new trilogy. And it just kind of got, <laughs> and people just sorted it with all of that, which I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, but that's just me. Yeah. We have our predictions down. We've talked a little bit about all the new Star Wars IPs coming out. Um, I'm ready for the next episode, man. I don't, I don't think I have much more to say. How about you?
0: No, it's just the anticipation for the end of the season and breaking that down and guessing what's to come. I mean, that's that's all that's left to do. So that'll that'll happen after uh, after the final episode. So that's that's all I got too. Um, so okay. if that's if that's everything. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode, Uh, again, with the two Mandalorian episodes. Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time. First joke. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dweeb Dive. If you liked what you heard, please, please, please like and give us a follow so we can continue diving into your favorite topics.
1: There's been a lot of hot takes. There's been a lot of claims, a lot of references to the deep lore. If you have a question, a comment, feedback, you're angry with me for something perhaps inaccurate, I said, which is very likely, please do not hesitate to reach out on our accounts and ask us the big questions. We would love to hear from you. Thanks guys.